Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the UI Breakfast Podcast. I'm your host, Jane Portman, and today our guest is Greg Gilbert, a serial entrepreneur who's built multiple businesses and products and also loves to help others. And today our main topic is mentorship. Hi, Greg. Hi, Jane. Thank you for making the time today, uh, right after Christmas. <laughs> Thanks, I'm super happy that, that you're having me. It's, it's great to be talking to you finally, because we've been chatting a bit online. Uh, but now it's good to hear your voice. Fantastic. So let's start with a small questionnaire, so that people know where you're coming from um, and what do you do. So number, question number one is, what do you do for a living? So that's actually a tricky question. Uh, as you said, I'm an entrepreneur. Uh, I'm currently running two businesses. Uh, the first one that is called Nerdy Makers, uh, which is a company that has for long-term goal to try to reinvent the way people connect and interact with information. Uh, but the reality is that we've been doing a lot of service uh, for the first year, during the first year, in order to, to, to bootstrap the company. And I also have a second company, uh, which is called Uppsala Tech Community, uh, which is a local company. We are trying to help the city to become a bigger and better startup city. So with this second company, I'm running a co-working space, a small co-working space here. Mm, that's awesome. Uh, so you're Alex Hillman's fan, are you? <laughs> uh, not, re not, re not really a fan, but uh, I like the guy, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. So uh, can you share a little bit of your background? How did you get to this situation where you are today? Sure. Um, I think I have a bit a non-typical uh, background. Uh, I'm a dropout. So <laughs> I, I quit school when I was... Like the beginning of my 17th years, um, and uh, and I started working right away. So I think it was in 2000, something like that. So it was right in the beginning where all the companies were trying to hire people that knew a bit about computers, and I was lucky enough to to be pretty good at the Linux. Uh, so I got my first job when I was 17, working for a hosting company, and uh, and it was really fun. I did that for two years, but I already knew that I wanted to start a company. So I started to provide some hosting services on the side, and it was really my first experience with entrepreneurship. Um, two years after, so when I was 19 or 20, I started my first company, my first real company, full-time, and it was so much fun. For the first time, I felt <laughs> like I was doing exactly what I was supposed to do. Uh, we, we ran this company for two years. It's still around, uh, but I'm not part of it anymore. I sold my shares. And... Uh, after exiting this first company, I realized that, okay, maybe I'm missing some, uh, some theory about entrepreneurship. Maybe I need to know a bit more about finance, management, and all these, all, you know, all these topics that you, you can learn by, by doing, but you also need to have some theory, theoretical background. So, so I thought, okay, I'm going to take back a job as an engineer, and I'm going to try to go to, to, to a business school to learn at the same time. So that's what, that's what I did. I went back to, to, to working as an employee for five years. And uh, on my vacation days and during the weekend, I was going to the business school. So, so that's what I did. That's a, bit of my, that's a bit of my background. And right after that, when, once I, I, I was done with, the, with business school, I started another business uh, in France uh, that I kept for two years. And we merged it to a bigger group. Uh, the what reason did, what did, did it do? What did it do? It, it was a service company, but we were also creating uh, tailor-made products for big groups. 
-hmm. And the reason I exited this second company uh, is because I was relocating to Sweden. And it was very difficult for me to operate from here uh, the, the way I wanted to do, to do it. So. So where do you come from originally? What country? Oh, I'm French. <laughs> okay, I, I should have guessed. <laughs> yeah, I, I guess I guess your listeners can probably guess from my uh, from my accent. <laughs> All right, um, fantastic. What does your typical day look like? So I'm an early riser. That's how you say it, right? Um, I usually get up somewhere around five. Wow. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's pretty early, but once you once you get used to it, it's not that difficult actually. Uh, so I get up around somewhere around five. I usually catch up with social media, and it's not just about going through the through the feed, but I'm also trying to check how our work on social media has been performing. Um, sometimes I answer to email as well. Um, I do that in bed, by the way, <laughs> most <laughs> of the time. And then I get ready and I and I go to work. Um, if it's during the winter, uh, since I live in Sweden now, it's pretty difficult to run during the winter. So I usually. Before going to work, I go to the swimming pool for like one hour or something. Mm -hmm. And I'm at work around, let's say, maximum eight. Uh, if it's during the summer, I'm at work around seven. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> Someone who wakes up around nine, oh. <laughs> I should say you're a superhero for me. <laughs> I, I'm not really religious about it, though. I, I think that it really depends on the people. Like some are early risers and some are not, are not. I'm very lucky that I don't need a lot of sleep. Uh, I usually rest a lot during the weekend, but during the, during the week, I try to squeeze as much work as I can. Great. What do you enjoy the most and the least about your work? Um, what I enjoy the most is really to work with people and see how you can leverage um, people's skills and uh, smartness into building new stuff. That's something that I really like. I like seeing how you can combine people's skills and create something completely different. Uh, that's definitely something that that I enjoy. Uh, what I like the least is probably I get very frustrated not being able to to go as fast as I would like because you know of human limitation and often and also because of like mm, certain things just require time, especially when you don't get funding. Uh, and I don't know if you know that about me, but I I, I tend to be I'm a bootstrapper, so I believe mm -hmm. that you should wait as long as possible before taking external money, which means that it tends to slow down a bit the pace and things don't always go as fast as I would like. Mm -hmm. Okay. What is your next big thing? What are you working on? So as I told you, my, my main company, Nerdy Makers, uh, is trying to reinvent the way people connect and interact with information, which means that uh, we are big believers in uh, micro content. Uh, the definition that we give for micro content is content that can be um, that you can get the value at a glimpse and that you can consume right away on the platform where it's distributed. Uh, and we do believe that there is a way to use this kind of content to drive more people into consuming more in-depth articles for the news. I'm coming, I have a news, uh, uh, news and press industry background as well. Uh -huh. You know, when I told you that I went, uh, went back to work during five years as an engineer, I was working for a company that was in, in connecting all the um, all the companies all the companies working for the press industry in France, so I'm, mm -hmm. I'm coming with this news and press industry background, uh, and right now that's what we are trying to do. We are trying to my next big thing is to try to invent uh, this new sort of uh, way to communicate information and let people interact with information. So that's the that's the top.
topic, the subject you're working on, how does that translate into, you know, business formats? Is that client work? Is that, you know, building some innovative product or what, what exactly do you do? Like, I'm just curious. <laughs> yeah, no problem. So as I'm telling you, this one is the product part. And right now we've mm -hmm. been doing a lot of service in order to bootstrap the company. And the way we thought about this service activity is trying to trying to experiment as much as possible with our hypothesis, okay? So for example, when I'm saying that we believe in micro-content, we've been producing micro-content for other companies that they can distribute on social media in order to test to see which one of uh, micro-content is performing the best, for example. So we do a lot of social media work, we do a lot of storytelling for companies, uh, mm -hmm. trying to help them find a way they, they, they describe themselves. Um, yeah, that's basically it. So, so we do a lot of social media marketing stuff. Fantastic. So the main topic for our today's conversation is mentorship. And the way I came up with the idea, I saw yourself promoting the idea of mentorship on Twitter. That's and correct. I know if someone smart is promoting something like that, that's probably worth doing. Like, you know, people all around the place are promoting masterminds as a great format. And that has proven amazing. So I think that's another, you know, human social aspect that you should be taking advantage of. But the institution of it, it's not very well developed because there are no public rules or anything. Could you give us like a brief introduction to what it is and uh, let's elaborate from there? Sure. So the concept of mothership is something that is very, very old, right? Taking someone that uh, is all already where you want to go and uh, and asking for his guidance so that's something that is not not new at all right and um, i can uh, maybe i can tell you a bit of my story regarding mentorship yes that would be fantastic when i started my first company i didn't know anything about sales like <laughs> really really nothing right i mean i was an engineer and i was like 19 or 20 so i had this um this image of uh, salesmen that were pushy and a bit uh, cheesy, you know. Mm -hmm. So I didn't know. I didn't know the first thing about uh, about sales, and uh, and we found this uh, this guy that were that that was like a friend of a friend or something, and and he was a realtor. So not exactly in tech, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, and he told me like, hey, if you want, I can I can explain you like the basics, sales one on one. And it was very interesting, even though he was not into tech at all, it was very interesting to, to hear how, what, what kind of process he was going through in order to make a sale. And then I realized, okay, there isn't, maybe there's not a big difference between you know, all the tech stuff, all the technical stuff, and, and sales. Maybe it's something that can actually be processed. And maybe, something, maybe it, is, it is something that you can, with like actual steps that you can go through. And this guy has been meeting with me every other week for one year or something and at first of course he was explaining the way to go he was telling me okay you should do that you should do this and progressively as i was gaining confidence he was more listening to me asking questions and trying to guide me into you know evolving that was really my first experience with mentorship and back in the days i was too even too young to realize that this was mentorship right mm -hmm. So, fast forward um, one year ago, or one year and a half ago, I was listening to the art thing about art things from uh, Ben Horowitz. 
Do you know about this book? Mm -mm. Okay, so this one is probably my... <laughs> Since I found this book, found about this book, I bought probably 10 or 15 exemplaries to give to people. Okay, uh, tell us the name again, please. Okay, I'm going to put it in the show notes. Sorry, it's a bit difficult to say for a French guy. The Hard <laughs> Thing About Hard Things mm -hmm. from Ben Horowitz. And this is like my, my favorite business book ever. Really, it's a really, really good book. The guy is explaining, uh, it's, it's almost like an autobiography, and he's explaining what he went through into creating and um, uh, growing his, his business, right? So, one, one year and a half ago, I was on vacation. I took like one week of vacation during which I work the whole time. <laughs> but, I, but I managed to squeeze probably one hour of uh, beach time uh, since, since I was in France. <laughs> and, uh, and while on the beach, I was listening to the, to the audiobook, this audiobook. And he was talking a lot about his mentors and how, how good it was to be able to, to turn to them when things were, when, when, when shit is eating the, fl the fun, right? And, and I thought to myself, okay, may maybe I should try to find the right mentor for, for myself. And almost right away, I thought about someone. I thought about this, uh, the founder of the last company I worked for as an employee, you know, during the mm -hmm. five years. Mm -hmm. I, d I didn't know the guy that well. I'm, I mean, it was a 60, 60 people company. So he was not my direct boss. He was the boss of my boss of my boss. So I met with the guy a few minutes during, during my five years, but that's all. But I don't know why his name popped up. Right away I thought, oh, this guy would be perfect for me. Because he's been bootstrapping several businesses, selling them, and I thought, I'm gonna try to contact him. But I, I had no clue how to do it, right? And I, I, I don't really know, really it's the book. The book changed my <laughs> changed my vision about mentorship because suddenly I realized that wait, even though I haven't been calling it mentorship, I've had several mentors through the day through through the years. I realized without that, like, realizing it, right? <laughs> sorry, without realizing it, no, without realizing it, without mm -hmm. calling it mentorship. A lot of people have been, you know, looking over my shoulder and trying to guide me in the right direction. And, and suddenly it made sense and I was like, I think if I manage to convince this guy to become my mentor, I'm probably gonna, I'm gonna make things much easier, easier for myself and I'm probably gonna grow faster as well as an entrepreneur. So, so that, that was in August 2015. Right after the vacation, I go back to, to Sweden in September and, uh, and I send him an email. So I try to find online, to find his, his details, and, uh, and I find his email, and I send an email, and I say, hey, you probably don't remember me, I used to work for your company, um, um, I've been running several businesses uh, since then, and I'm, uh, and I'm about to start something in Sweden, and I would like to discuss it with you. So in the initial contact, I didn't even mention that I was looking for a mentor. I was just, I want to talk about it with you. Uh, I was not expecting much. I wasn't sure if he would reply or not. I wasn't sure if he would remember me or not. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and he replied almost right away. And he said, of course I remember you. And I, of course, Great. I, I, will never know, <laughs> I will never know if it was the, the truth or not. But, um, 
now that we have been talking quite a lot and I know the guy, I know that he was not uh, try, trying to BS me. I, I know that he actually remembered me. Because it's someone, he has this kind of profile, you know? He, he, he takes care of people, and that's something we are very similar uh, on. Um, so anyway, he replied, and he, uh, he replied and he said, yeah, of course I remember you, and I will be super happy to hear about your business. So we scheduled a FaceTime call, and, uh, and we talked for maybe one hour. Uh, at first, we talked a bit about the past, of course, talking about his company and uh, what I was doing uh, when I was working for his company. And then I explained him. I told him, okay, I have this vision about trying to rethink the way we talk, uh, uh, sorry, rethink the way people interact with information, but I want to bootstrap the company, so we're going to stop by doing service. And um, if you agree, I would like to, to tell you more about it, maybe in two weeks. And he accepted. So oh. Sorry, so, mm -hmm. so you see, I was not even mentioning mentorship at all, because I didn't want to scare him up, right? Right. <laughs> <laughs> so, so we talked again two weeks later, I think, and, uh, and that's how it started. And since then, we've been talking every other, um, every other week, uh, usually during three hours and a half or four hours. Uh, so it's a, you it's mean a, it's a four-hour call, you mean? Yeah, it's a four-hour call. Holy man, that's a lot. <laughs> I know. That's like half-day work. We're almost to a single day work. Absolutely. And, and for him, it's a big commitment because he gets mm -hmm. nothing in return. Absolutely nothing. I'm, I'm not paying him, obviously, because otherwise he would change the relationship. Right. Mm -hmm. He's not doing consulting for me. He's trying, mm -hmm. to, he's trying to provide guidance. Um, and I think that's one of the key of, of mentorship as well. Uh, you know, in the, in the beginning, there was sort of... Um, we didn't know each other that well. Mm -hmm. But but when you get to talk to this person every every other week, you you become friends, and that's how I consider him right now. I, I consider him as a friend, even though he's my mentor, and obviously I would call him my mentor if I talk about him to someone. But but he's a friend. I wonder how it works because, for example, with in mastermind groups, everyone is equal, and this seems to be the same kind of uh, you know relationship where people get together on regular basis and that becomes the main advantage because they know each other. Uh, but here, parts are obviously not equal and one is getting something and what is the other part getting in return? Just the idea of helping people, but what else would they expect from you, for example? Mm, if you stop working and become lazy, you know, would he keep, you know, coming together with you every two weeks? Or something like that. What else is he expecting from you? That's, that's a very good question. I think for him, it's first, he's a bit older than me. Is um, fifty something, mm -hmm. so that also reinforces this sort of hierarchy in the in the relationship. What he, what he's getting is probably an opportunity to remain in the game, if you see what I mean. He's a true entrepreneur, so he, he really enjoys being able to see all the details of growing a business. Mm -hmm. uh, it's also very rewarding uh, for him to see that my business is profitable and growing. Mm -hmm. Because he feels like, oh, I, I'm having an impact on this guy. He's growing as an entrepreneur and his business is growing. So th this probably feels very good. Um, <laughs> and something I've been thinking about, but I'm really not sure, and I'm even not sure if I should be saying that on the podcast because if he's listening, <laughs> but well, I'm going <laughs> to tell you anyway. Sometimes I think that he's probably 
keeping an eye on me because he thinks that when the product is ready, he might get a chance to invest. Aha, uh-huh. even that regard. Mm-hmm. That's something that I think from time to time. Uh, and it's not insulting at all. I, if he really thinks this way, I'm, I'm flattered. So. <laughs> Great. How would you think, would, like, in your case, this was your former boss. Where else can people look for to find a suitable person? Will you allow me to just go back to something that you were saying before about the mastermind group? Yeah, sure. Uh, <clears throat> because I'm also part of a small mastermind group. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, run, uh, I, I run a small community of entrepreneur, uh, entrepreneurs mm-hmm. here, and we gather four or five times a year. And, and it's very, very different. It's very different from the relationship I have with my mentor. I feel, first, because, as you say, as you said, we are all equal, and I think we are almost all on the same path, and um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, so it's good to have feedback from other people that are experiencing the same things as you do, uh, because you feel like you're not alone. That, that's great. But I also feel, I'm being super honest with you, I also feel all the mastermind groups uh, that I've been part of people tend to brag a bit. Even though you don't want to because you want to, to be genuine and you still don't want to uh, expose yourself as much as you could do with someone that is, um, that is your mentor because there is this sort of... Uh, I don't know how to explain the safety of the one-on-one relationship. Mm-hmm. I, I would, with my mentor, for example, I can you know, share my screen and show him my actual uh, cash flow dashboard. I don't think mm-hmm. I would do that in, in my mastermind group. Except maybe to one person. If one person was asking me, like, oh, can you show me how it works? And maybe I would do it. But with my mentor, I actually show him the numbers. And I can, we can go that far. Mm-hmm. And um, mastermind groups are very good. But there is always this, you know, <laughs> I'm always asking myself, is this entrepreneur sharing really what she's experiencing right now? Or is she just like holding horses, right? And, and right. not telling us everything. I wonder how many people are or have been in your previous groups. Because I've been a part of a few. And with larger groups, I tend to agree with you. It's kind of, you know, just skimming the cream of, of what's going on. Just because it's not enough time or something to share the full yes. update. Also. The one I'm currently in... There are three of us, and I consider three the ideal number for Mastermind, since it becomes not a one-on-one conversation, but still quite intimate. And there we can, we can do something that you described. So I guess it depends really on the type of relationship you are looking to. I completely yeah. agree with you. I think it depends mm-hmm. on, first of course, it depends on the dynamic in the group. So it depends right. on the, on the mm-hmm. people that are part of the group. When it's three people, it's almost like an accountability group. Mm-hmm. If you see what I mean, yeah, I, I'm not even sure I would put the word mastermind group on it, but, really? but it is. Yeah, yeah, it is. It's just, you know, it's just a, a matter of definition, right? Um, I, I could even call that, you know, psychotherapy session or something because it's that important <laughs> and that honest. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to contradict myself a bit because uh-huh. uh, so I've been telling you about this mastermind, uh, mastermind. I don't know if it's even the right word, but this community of entrepreneurs mm-hmm. that I'm part of. And as you said, I'm part of several, actually. So right, right. Uh, the, size, the sizes are different from uh, one uh, to another. But 
where I'm going to contradict myself is, you know, I'm, I said in the introduction that I'm, uh, I'm running this small co-working space in the center of the city here. And uh, when I pitch this place to people, I usually say that we're building a self-incubator. Meaning mm -hmm. that the goal for us, we handpick all the people that are part of this co-working space. We make sure that they have like complementary skills, that they have the same kind of culture, and that they don't have businesses that could compete with each other. And having that, and having the, the right people handpicked, uh, working together uh, side by side every day, we see, uh, we see relationship, a completely honest relationship that work. So I'm going to contradict it with myself. I think it really depends on the quality of the people that you pick. Mm -hmm. uh, if you go for too much for serendipity, as I did with some of, the, some of my uh, communities of entrepreneurs, where I was just looking for people and I added them and it sort of worked out, you know, a bit by magic. <laughs> maybe, maybe in this case, it's a bit more difficult to be completely honest. And also, if you don't meet very often or if you don't talk very often, you don't build the very the important part of the, the relationship, which is trust. Mm -hmm. uh, when we talk about mentorship, you were saying, and we, we were discussing about the commitment that it represents uh, for him to talk to me every other week for four hours. But this is the only way to build the trust. Because we have an open conversation, we talk regularly. I have some of my friends, entrepreneur friends, that have mentors and part of a mentorship program. So through like a big incubator, for example, that is connecting entrepreneurs with some mentors. And mm -hmm. these mentors are usually big, pretty big entrepreneurs. So they don't have a lot of time for their mentee, mentees mm -hmm. or protégé. So what happens is that the trust is never there. Real trust is never there. They, they talk, they probably benefit a bit from the relationship, but they don't have what I'm experiencing with my mentor because we have a relationship. You, you see what I mean? Absolutely. There is a relationship called coaching where you do similar things, but it's on financial basis. Yeah. So I guess in case with incubators and other, you know, that you described, it's exactly like that. It's a, it's a, it's no, it's a free, it's, it's a free program. Uh, it's it's free, but it's still you know business uh, driven. It's because they fell into that place and they kind of have an obligation to do that. You're absolutely right. Probably, uh, probably. Even though there is no no, no money changes hands. Probably, <laughs> coaching is not bad at all. I mean, I've mm -hmm. been coaching quite a lot of people uh, mm -hmm. for money and and pro bono. Uh, but it's a very different kind of relationship. Uh, coaching is good if you want to improve something very specific about your personality or about your business or mm -hmm. uh, mentorship is more about growing as a person I, I would say mm -hmm. uh, yeah I wonder yeah continuing the topic of being completely honest I wonder if your mentor is entirely honest with you about the, their past experiences so you mean if he re actually remembered me uh, uh, no, I mean, in your conversations, you are totally sharing your, you know, you're opening up your soul. Mm. Is he opening his soul in return, so to speak? Yeah, he is. <laughs> yeah, he is. No, seriously, I mean, he's been telling me some things that uh, that you would probably not share with everybody. Mm -hmm. uh, some things about what he experienced and what, how he felt like, mm -hmm. uh, but also some 
strategic points that like it would not be allowed to even discuss. He's been sharing documents with me, for example, that are like highly confidential about funding and things like that. So he, he is completely honest. Uh, so I, do, I do believe so. If we start to define mentorship, it's probably a friendship of people who are on different you know, stages of business development willing to exchange, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it, it is definitely not based on any kind of real obligation, but rather because of uh, mutual sympathy and empathy and uh, just being friends, right? You're completely correct. And something that he told me right away. So I told you we talked two or three times before I actually dropped the, the word mentor. Mm-hmm. And the, the day I did it, he told me, okay, this is how it's going to work. I want to do that with you. But the day I'm tired of you, I'll stop and I don't want any question asked. Uh-huh. And the day you're tired of me, you need to tell me right away and we stop. Right. So that was something that he said. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't know, to be honest, I don't know if he's been mentoring people before. And <laughs> I guess it was his first time. Mm-hmm. But, the, but it, you know, he was smart enough to say that from the beginning. And sometimes we have this... Um, we make this sort of checkpoints where we ask each other, hey, should we keep going? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, yeah, I think yeah, you, both, both parties have to, have to be willing to, to, to remain in the, in the relationship, in the mentorship. How can one person just go around and try um, imagining what people would be re- the right candidate? Like what traits you should be looking for? Maybe what traits, what social position, uh, should it be a busy person or vice versa? Yeah, so usually that's, tr- that's something I'm really trying to push these days is you should be careful not to go after a trophy mentor. Like a lot of people want to have a mentor that is, let's say, one of the most successful entrepreneurs. And big names big are names. not yeah, the best. <laughs> because it's super cool, you know, when you're in your mastermind group and you're like, this guy is my mentor. Yeah, <laughs> or in, yeah. In your <laughs> yeah, because it, it, it sort of provides some sort of um, uh, certification label. If mm-hmm. this entrepreneur is following you, then it means that you're the next big thing, right? So well, a lot probably. Of, <laughs> yeah. So a lot of people, a lot of people are trying, to, trying to, go, to go after the big name, a uh, trophy mentor. And that's definitely not something that I advise. Uh, as I said earlier, you want someone that has the time to 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 invest in the to, that has some time to invest in the relationship. And if you go after a big name, they are usually busy, right? They are they are running their own businesses. The one of the reason I think my mentor is so good and can commit so much is because he's not running a business actively right now. He sold his previous business. He's doing some stuff. He's doing some mm-hmm. advising. He's an investor but he's not running, operationally running a business, so he has the time to invest in our relationship. Mm-hmm. If I was having, let's say, the founder of Stripe, for example, right. the guy is busy, right? They have some stuff <laughs> going on. So, so you don't want to go just after the big name, you have to try to find the person that is right for you. And that's actually what I wanted to say when we talk a bit about conditions. Before even talking about conditions, the reason I, the reason I told you that we had this sort of preliminary uh, talks online is because I wanted to see if it was a good match. Mm-hmm. You don't want someone that is already your friend because this person is going to be biased. They, they know you, they don't want to hurt you, and, and they already have like sort of a, 
shaped opinion about yourself. So, so you which is not necessarily true, right? <laughs> it's not necessarily true, but usually they have made their their mind about their opinion about you. Mm-hmm. So, so it, I believe that it's good to go with with someone that you don't have a big history with, and that means that you need to validate both parties need to validate that that it is a good match. They need to validate that they're going to like you, that they're going to like the way you work. Because if they think that, if they believe that the way you, let's say your mentor, is looking at your business, and he believes that the way you're doing it is completely wrong, fundamentally wrong, the way you operate, the way you see, see things, the way the, your vision, and they say you're wrong, they're not going to be able to provide you guidance the way you want to. So you, mm-hmm. need to, you need to make sure that this is a good match. You need to make sure that you have um, sort of a similar character and, mm-hmm. and just, you know, that you c- could be friend with this person. So that's what I wanted to say. You need this sort of preliminary meetings or preliminary, preliminary uh, talks, not just to set the conditions, even though you should, but first you need, to, you need to make sure that you could be friend with this person. You need mm-hmm. to make sure that the relationship is going to work or at least has a chance to work. And even when you start being in the mentorship with the person, you should have this sort of probation uh, trial period where you, you say, okay, we do that for like three months and then we'll see, we talk again. Right. It's, it's totally true for masterminds as well. It's, it's, and it's great to reconsider things, like to see if they work or not. Have you been kicking people out of a mastermind group? Uh, I've never done that. <laughs> but uh, I imagine someone, you know, participating in a group and then saying, oh, I don't think it's a good match for me and then leaving. That might be a possible situation. At least it's not like sensitive or anything. How about the other way around? Do you think it works as well? Like people say, I never okay. tried. <laughs> I never tried. <laughs> mm, I had experience with, um, besides mastermind groups being like clubs, larger clubs, I, I was a part of smaller masterminds group which have three people in them. And I think that's the best format. But I also tried uh, like a free coaching program, which in, like it, it's kind of mentorship. So I picked three young talents here in Russia and tried to, you know, <laughs> um, how to say that? Uh, to put some kindness and goodness upon them. Uh, yeah. And that was probably too violent uh, and... Um, not timely also so we did that for like half a year or something and it felt totally out of place maybe because i didn't see great progress on their part maybe because it was free and uh, initiated by my side not by their side Mm i have no clue but if you're a mentor don't try to find someone and become a mentor onto them that's Mm -hmm. not a great thing to do (laughs) Mm -hmm. yeah i think it's probably a bit more tricky Although I have one example of something that worked this way. Once. Really? Yeah, mm-hmm. once. Um, so I've been mentoring people in the, in the past. And right now I'm only mentoring one person, a young mm-hmm. entrepreneur uh, that I met here. And uh, I actually suggested to him. I told him if you want, I didn't use the word mentor. And it, that's not what it was in the beginning. He's the one who used the word first. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I told him after, we, we met a few times and he told me, okay, I want to launch a business and like, and I don't know, I felt something in him. I felt like he was uh, really determined into launching something. And I told him, if you want, we can, we can try to meet every week and talk business. 
and and that's what we did, and mm -hmm. we ended up being in a mentorship relationship, uh, in a mentorship. Uh, so it was kind of initiated by by me uh, from my side. Um, but yeah, that's definitely not something I would advise. It's very difficult to force <laughs> yourself uh, into mentoring someone because you need the mentee to actually be in a state of mind where they realize that they could benefit from the from the help. They could benefit exactly. from the relationship. And if you're suggesting it to them, maybe it means that they are not ready yet. Mm -hmm, exactly. I'd like to mention that there is a, like a light version of mentorship, which doesn't imply regular meetups or anything. I had... Um, a client of mine um, in the early days of my, you know, global freelancing, and he was giving giving away free bits of advice on just certain business points. Like he directed me towards writing good copy, for example, mm -hmm. three years ago or four years ago. And like, if it wasn't for him, I might have never turned into like realized the importance of it. And a few other, you know, bits of advice. And that doesn't mean we have any obligations. We just exchange emails from time to time. But you will well, still, would you still we say don't that do he was that a anymore, mentor? But still, hmm? Would you still say that he was a mentor to you? I feel that he was, even though it was just a few bits of advice, timely and uh, like seated on a good soil in my case. <laughs> you know, I was ready to perceive him. That's probably where I, I say that um, I've been talking about my personal uh, experience and the, mm -hmm. way, the way I experience uh, mentorship with my mentor, my current mentor. Mm -hmm. But mm -hmm. it doesn't mean that it's the right way for for everybody, right? Right. Some right. people some people don't want to meet every every other week. And before that, I've been really helped by someone, another entrepreneur, uh, less ex less experienced than my current mentor. But I was actually it was more like an accountability sort of mentor. Like I was sending him an email every week, telling him like, okay, this is what I've been working on. This is what I'm planning to work on next week. And he would reply when he has the time, telling me, oh, maybe you should try that, and maybe you should try this. And while we were doing that, I considered him as a mentor. And also, you know, in the beginning of the discussion, I told you, in August 2015, when I, when I decided to, to, to enter a formal mentorship, I told you I realized that during my whole professional career, I had people that acted as mentors. To me mm -hmm. and uh, we were not in any formal relationship so so I would say, I would say that just because I'm saying my current mentor we talk every other week for four hours it doesn't mean that it's the the right way to do things for everybody yeah especially the four hours part it just <laughs> seems incredible to me seriously yeah. like a couple hours probably tops that I can like yeah. <laughs> ever do a conversation online with anyone <laughs> so four hours like and you see if you don't have uh, for us I think it's it's the way we communicate as well mm -hmm. it's the kind of people that we are that we are that's that's why we end up talking for hours we never schedule for hours never <laughs> I, I know I mean no I of course now I have the <laughs> I, I know exactly how uh, how it's gonna how it's gonna work out. So I, I usually block my whole morning, but <laughs> but in the beginning I was blocking one hour or one hour and a half. Mm -hmm. uh, that's just the kind of person that we are. We we like talking, and usually we we like to to go pretty deep on things. Mm -hmm. So that takes time. Well, let's imagine a situation where you feel you're you would like to help some young talent. 
and become a mentor. Do you think it's worthwhile to kind of announce that anywhere, or should that be totally, you know, no mention anywhere, and someone just approaches yourself out of the blind? Or do you think it makes sense to announce that you are accepting mentorship students, kind of thing? Mm-hmm. There is two ways to do it. The first mm-hmm. is being very open about it. And, uh, and go to, uh, you mentioned students, that's a very good example. Go to students' uh, associations and telling them, okay, I'm, I'm an entrepreneur, I have this kind of skills. If you hear of any student uh, that would like to get some guidance, send, you can send them to me. And we, we, yeah. we will talk and we will see if I can help them. So that's the first option, you, you can do that. But the second that I would recommend is, if you want to help people, just do it. You don't, really need, you don't really need to say, hey, I'm available to help. You can go to, we were talking about um, uh, co-working spaces, you can go to incubators, you can go to students' workshop. Like a lot of universities, they have these entrepreneurship or business workshops where you can go and help. And it can be just help. It doesn't have to be uh, helping on the business side. It can be just help organize. And once you're there, you'll be able to help. And when people, once people realize that you can help, and you can like provide bits of advice, maybe someone will turn to you and say, hey, will you agree to do that on a regular basis with me? Mm-hmm. So if you want to help, my, my advice is go and help. There's a lot of people that will be super happy to, to have you around. Uh, just don't, don't try to, to, to push your advice down their throat. <laughs> just, right. just be exactly. around and like, try, to, try to help and ask questions. Like don't... Don't say, oh, you should do that. Oh, you should do this. Not in the beginning of the relationship. Not ever, actually. You should, <laughs> you should try to ask questions. Like, mm-hmm. uh, you, you've decided to work this way. You've decided to, to target this, um, this, this market. Why? Why is that so? Why do you want to limit this market? Why, why did you pick this market about this one? So you ask questions to try to, to develop the person into, uh, through, through answering your question questions that they probably already asked them th- themselves but you know when you're having a conversation with, your, with yourself you don't you don't have to explain as well as when you're talking to someone so my advice is if you want to if you want to try to become a mentor start with attending to events trying to help people by asking questions and help, helping them to figure out uh, things by, on their own uh, through, mm-hmm. through your questions and I think it's important to mention that uh, there should not be the financial component there at all because it totally skews the whole process. And you might be, one might be tempted to do the coaching kind of thing, which, which you might consider similar, just charging some money. But when you're helping a young talent, it's, it's an incredible difference in incomes, for example, in something that is totally like a few pennies for you might be, might be serious burden for them yeah. and it skews like the entire relationship if, for no good reason <laughs> but, but again I believe in both I right, think they are right. just like different things and I also mm-hmm. believe I also believe that you can transition from uh, coaching paying coaching to mentorship mm-hmm. not the other way around though. but you, but you can you can tra- transition from uh, coaching paying coaching to, to to mentorship that's that's something I've seen before um, right the difference, the difference to me, and I don't know if there is an official uh, definition, but to me, the coaching is more about trying to improve specific operational business things. Skills. Where, 
like skills. Yeah, skills. Mm -hmm. Where mentorship is more about trying to trying to develop the person, uh, the, the person as an entrepreneur and the personal. The way I manage today is very different uh, from the way I managed before having this mentorship. Mm -hmm. So it's not just developing skills; it's also like what kind of person I become. Right. Okay, I think we've we've got a good outline how this relationship works, and that there there can be a huge variety of these actually, like different formats that work. Maybe email exchanges once in a while. Maybe a constant obligation of meeting up on Skype or something like that. So it's up to you really, but it should be free. It should be based on friendship and personal attraction towards each other, right? Yeah, and you, and you should give it a try. Like, don't try to jump into mentorship right away. Try to see if it's a good match with the person. Mm -hmm. uh, and yeah, you, you were mentioning conditions. Try to, to set the conditions ahead so, mm -hmm. that, so that the person doesn't feel like you're asking too much or you don't feel like the mentor is giving too little. So setting the conditions, setting the expectation and um, you know, just discussing the relationship. What, what do we want from the relationship? Mm -hmm. Is there any reading that you could recommend on the topic besides that book? Uh, no, I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> I haven't read anything. No, I haven't read anything enlightening uh, regarding uh, regarding uh, mentorship. Um, I do recommend to read this book, <laughs> the How mm -hmm. Think About Our Things. Yep. Uh, that's a very good investment. Um, I also, if your listeners are asking themselves questions regarding mentorship, they are very welcome to 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 send me an email or just. You know, just ping me on Twitter, and I will be super happy to try to answer the questions. Great. So we're jumping to to our final part. Where can people find you online? Yeah. So <laughs> I think the best is that you're gonna have to link it so, because I'm using my my whole name on uh, social media, which is Gregoire Gilbert, mm -hmm. which mm -hmm. is a French name. Uh, I'm in the process of uh, rebranding myself. <laughs> if you mm -hmm. if you want to know. Um, the reason for that is when I moved, when I relocated permanently two years ago uh, in, to Sweden, people were having a hard time saying my name. And the last thing that you want when you move to a country is being, you know, <laughs> being mispronounced. Oh, every <laughs> is there mispronounced? Oh, oh, you know this French guy with the big beard. So, right. <laughs> so um, I'm in the process of rebranding. I, I dropped my name uh, and I use Greg, with, which is the short. Mm -hmm. um, but anyway, in France, nobody called me by my real name besides my parents. So, mm -hmm. <laughs> so that's fine. So on the social media, I usually go with my full name. So we, if you can link it up on the, on the post, that's the best. But otherwise, it's twitter.com slash Grégoire, G-R-E-G-J-O-I-R-E, Gilbert. Mm -hmm. uh, they can find me on greggilbert.me as well, which is my, my, uh, my website. And I think that's about it. Fantastic. Uh, thank you so much for sharing your wisdom. And, and I hope it inspires our listeners to get involved into that kind of you know, relationship with someone and grow their business, grow their relationship from there. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks a lot for having me. 